In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The congregation may sit. The second lesson is from the prophet Haggai, second chapter. In the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not, for thus says the Lord of hosts. Yet once more in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth, and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. This is our text. In our midweek Advent series, we have been speaking of royal ancestors of the Christ. How the family of David received promises which were manifest in many of the kings in Jerusalem, but find their ultimate fulfillment in Christ. Tonight we consider the last royal ancestor, Zerubbabel. And even that has to be qualified, for although Zerubbabel was descended from David and was heir to the royal throne in Jerusalem, he never received title as king. For the kingdom had been destroyed 70 years previous to Zerubbabel's day by the Babylonian Nebuchadnezzar. And only with the overthrow of Babylon by Persia were the people of God, now known as Jews, allowed to leave their Babylonian captivity and restore their nation, their capital of Jerusalem, and the worship of God through a rebuilt temple. And for this purpose, the Persians appointed Zerubbabel, the descendant of David, heir to the throne as their governor. As the leader or prince of the tribe of Judah, Zerubbabel gathered those who wished to return to their devastated land. He organized them for defense and then for farming so they would not starve in their first year back in Jerusalem. The first thing they did after arriving was to reestablish the altar of sacrifice at the site of Solomon's temple so that the daily sacrifices could be offered but rebuilding the temple itself ran into difficulties. Those who remembered the glory of Solomon's temple wept as they remembered what they'd lost. Others worried about building homes for themselves. 
Neighbors like the Samaritans and the Arabs interfered and brought lawsuits against the rebuilding of the temple and the city. Zerubbabel himself may not have been blameless, having lost heart or lost focus. For many years, the work of rebuilding the temple languished. And then God sent prophets like Zechariah and Haggai with a message to rebuild the temple. Spurred on by the divine word, Zerubbabel and the people finished the work. And although it was not as fine as Solomon's original temple, God was pleased with it and made great promises concerning it, including the promise of the Christ that the Lord whom ye seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Of the temple, Haggai said, the glory of the latter temple will be greater than its former, Solomonic glory. And in that place the Lord would give peace, wholeness between God and humankind, the peace that was celebrated by the Christmas angels when they sang those memorable words, glory to God in the highest and peace, goodwill toward men. Zerubbabel foreshadowed the Christ in three ways. First, he shepherded God's people. Second, he rebuilt God's house. And third, he disappointed many. Now, like Christ who gathered those who were looking for the kingdom of God, Zerubbabel gathered that remnant that wished to restore God's visible kingdom. Not every Jew returned with Zerubbabel. Not even the majority of Jews returned with him. It was a remnant that returned and built the temple. In a similar way, not every Jew recognized their Messiah when Jesus came to them. Only a minority, only a remnant accepted him as Lord. And this was God's plan that Christ's kingdom received Gentiles, non-Jews, as well as the lost sheep of Israel. All who heard Jesus' voice and followed him as their shepherd constitute the people of God, his flock, what we call his church. Zerubbabel led a remnant of God's people to the promised land, and so Christ is leading you and me out of all people in the world who choose to reject and ignore him. He is leading us to the promised land. That's why we sing in the matin service, we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Secondly, Zerubbabel foreshadowed the Christ in rebuilding God's house. I've described Zerubbabel's work in this regard, but you may recall Jesus' words, tear down this temple and I will rebuild it in three days. As St. John explains, Christ was speaking of the temple of his body, but this may puzzle you as it did me. The temple was the dwelling place of God, showing that God was with his people. Jesus' body was where the fullness of God dwelt as Jesus moved among his people. But because of their sin and blindness, they caused the destruction of God's dwelling among them. They crucified the Messiah, the Lord of glory. 
and the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed at the end of that very generation. But praise be to God, the Heavenly Father accepted the sacrifice of His own Son to cover the sins of the world. And those who believe this receive forgiveness of all their sins. They receive power to become sons of God and are joined into God's house of living stones. God now dwells with His people so that you who believe are each temples of the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit of God dwells in you by faith. And as Christians, you are signs that God is present in this world. The third way in which Zerubbabel foreshadowed the Christ may surprise you. For Zerubbabel's work disappointed many. His rebuilding the temple took a long time and didn't seem as beautiful as the one it replaced. But even in this, he foreshadowed the Christ. For Jesus did not make the big splash that many expected. Angels proclaimed his birth, but only a few shepherds witnessed this. Wise men recognized his star, but Herod's henchmen thought it better to slay the infants of Bethlehem than to believe the rumor of a newborn king. The religious leaders of Jesus' day objected to his teachings and eventually had him put to death because he would not do a sign to validate his claim to be their Messiah. Even John the Baptist had his doubts and sent messengers to ask, Are you the one to come or shall we look for another? But Jesus assured John's messengers with the signs of his Messiahship, the blind see, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel, the good news preached to them. And then Christ added, Blessed is he who takes no offense in me. Here is comfort for all who have wondered why God is so hidden most times who may have wondered why more people don't join us to worship Him, who have wondered why the wicked seem to triumph in this life. The God with us, our Lord Jesus Christ, is leading us, is building His house, but He does so in a way that is not ostentatious. He does so in a way that's unassuming, like that prophecy of Palm Sunday, see your King coming to you, meek and riding on a donkey and on the foal of a beast of burden. As the Christmas carol puts it, no ear can hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. Like God's people in the day of Zerubbabel, exiled from their homeland and in servitude to the powers that rule this world, so are God's people of every age. We gather around the son of David who builds God's house, one whose humility and forgiveness are a scandal and a disappointment to some, but to us who believe, the very cornerstone of our hope. May Christ 
whose works his royal ancestors foreshadowed, richly bless you in this season that celebrates his coming to us as the humble infant of Bethlehem. Amen. Amen. May that peace of God that surpasses understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.